Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We may not be able to get in on the sporting action like we used to, but we can get in on some exclusive offers from Renault. To celebrate their third year as official car partner of the GEA, Renault is offering a range of special offers exclusive to all GEA club members. So now you can take home the win right to your door. Check out Renault.ie forward slash GAA to find out more. With Renault, official car partner of the GAA, taking the passion of a nation to a whole new gear. Green, all right. I'm green, all right. You're going to tip the scale. Just remember that, Hello, everyone. You're very welcome to the Renault Irish Examiner Gaelic Football Show. My name is Paul Rouse, and I'm joined by the former Armagh footballer Oshin McConville by Stephen Rochford, the former Mayo manager, and later in the show by Brian McGuigan, the former Tyrone footballer. We have a straightforward question to answer today. How do you win an All-Ireland final? To answer that question, there is no better place to start than what Mead women did yesterday. Absolute rank outsiders dethroned red-hot favourites with a stunning performance. They did it with a show of no little skill, but also with unreal physical commitment. Oshin, Mead were awesome yesterday. They are. I mean, you can see up, Paul, where they've come from. Uh, how they changed things up a little bit uh, and were able to follow it through, execute a plan. Um, I think they ha- like the likes of uh, Duggan and, and Stacey Grimes, who uh, I've seen uh, up close um, with DKT. She, she, was, she was a student there and when she came into the college, like if you look at her physically, you th- you wouldn't think that she'd be able to dominate a game in the way she does. But she's a phenomenal athlete. Um, Vicky Wall as well. I think you know they had uh, lots of players who were particularly cool on the ball when they needed to be to see the game out. That's a couple of times they've been able to do that. Uh, there just seems to be serious belief. It seems like a, a change room that that uh, you'd want to be in. Um, and like it's it's unbelievable when you think where they've where they've came from and and since 2017 but um a brilliant win for them yesterday and to be honest you know they were playing against a team who had obviously dominated but maybe just were slightly on the wane and they i felt they were going to beat them with just pure uh pace and uh passion and just will to win and it's amazing where that can take you in the modern game Stephen, everyone talked about the ambush from the previous week of Tyrone, of, of Kerry by Tyrone, but this was a real one. The way, the way, the, the rank outsiders, what and what me did and how they set about doing it. Yeah, like, I mean, uh, firstly, I don't know how anyone describes an ambush um, in, in, in Kerry, Tyrone, because 
I think everybody saw that coming to a degree around what, what Toronto are about. But but certainly uh, in the context of yesterday's game, certainly didn't see that. Uh, I wouldn't be as familiar with the ladies' game as Oshin did, but I tell you, I really, really enjoyed yesterday. Enjoyed it from you know an entertainment point of view as well as the underdog taking the real the real fight to, to to Dublin. And I was just hugely impressed with what. Uh, what 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 Meads went about? They looked really organised. I think a couple of the camera angles from behind the goal showed the amount of work they had done on their kickouts. Um, players running into space, real team effort in relation to those restarts, and then you know real leadership. Like I thought, they just held on to the ball so so well. They never looked like they were being uh, like uh, like like Dublin with all the experience. They never looked to have rattled them, you know and. Even though when Dublin were chasing down the the, the lead in the, the latter half of the the second half, um, they were still so composed in the ball. The, you know, they, they seemed like they were going to be caught in a tight corner. But the likes of an Evine Cleary or Emma Troy, um, you know, they 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 were able to get out of those corners. And you know, uh, Oshin alluded to. I thought Vicky Wall was immense yesterday. And you know. A shame on me that I didn't know as, as much about about these guys, but I, I was texting one of one of my mates during it, and I was just saying this this girl just put me up on her back yesterday, and real leadership around the middle of the field. She just wanted the ball, and each time she got the ball, she just went forward, she just went and bet, bet uh, whoever was marking her in that one on one, and just lifted the crowd each and every time. Then Emma Duggan. Was was really really good up up front, but the player that that really stood out for me also was Neva Sullivan. Looked a, a real light type player, but every time she got the ball, there was a bounce in her step, and she kicked three fabulous points. And uh, you know, I was I, I'd say she was just gassed as they took her off towards the tail end because I was there thinking, oh no, you got to keep her, you got to keep her on. But she just ran that pitch over and over again. She kicked a point in front of the Nally late in the yes. game. To put that, it was an absolutely outstanding score, and it was e- even to go for it after she'd missed one from the far side. It yeah. it kind of it looked like a team who were absolutely in the zone and who yeah. absolutely believed. But if you look at the week before that game, and even the hours before the game, I thought after the game, Mick Bowen, the Dublin manager, and the Dublin players were unbelievably classy. I thought they were hugely dignified. They were really gracious. They behaved exactly like the champion team that they were afterwards. But I thought in the week before the game. It was as, it was almost as if they couldn't quite conceive of losing, in how they went about it. How did you? How do you feel about that, Stephen? Yeah, well, like I mean, um, D- Dublin had all the stars. That's 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 the reality, and maybe no more than the than than the the, the, the men's team. You know, found it hard. To, they probably just found. I think Oshin the night of the. Uh, after the game, said about the the weight of the medals in the pockets, and and maybe it was hard for them to to not get distracted by the the, the talk of five in a row. Um, and it does it, it is it is difficult to to, to keep that um that 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 sense of focus. Um, and Mead, you know, Mead that come from where they were the intermediate champions last year. They weren't going to how dare them uh, to take take it away from us. But it just shows. When you have the fight, and, and and obviously, you know, you know, Mead, you could you could sort of say could come in, they had nothing to lose, but there was more to them than that. You know, I think that 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 would be disrespectful. They, they led from the outset, and they never they never gave away the, the the win. And you know, Dublin have been great champions. In fairness, and there's some fabulous footballers. Um, and 
you know, I think me just got in under their skin. And they, 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 the one thing you, you talk about in, in coaching is, uh, and in preparation is expect the unexpected. But this was one I don't think Dublin expected. And, and and that's it. It's a reminder, Oshin, that the wheel always turns in sport. That you're t- when that it just felt like it just as the game went along, the reality was dawning on Dublin that these that this team they were playing were a coming force and right in front of their eyes. And, and maybe McBowen, honestly, maybe he's seen that, and maybe he was just trying to change things up a little bit. And the narrative, as far as the narrative is concerned, uh, when you see a team like that coming. It, they are. It's an irresistible force, and sometimes you think, okay, so we've 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 won four All Ireland finals. Maybe we haven't really turned it on. You know, maybe this is the day that we turn it on. So you're changing the narrative. You're changing the uh, the mindset in the change room as to look. We nearly really need to put a performance together here. So rather than look at it as as total arrogance or um, cockiness or um, that they were going to win the game quite quite easily. He maybe just was trying to change things. Maybe he's seen something in the in the weeks leading up to it that maybe, you know, they thought, look at it's me, you know, we'll go into the game, we're fairly complacent. So instead of um, instead of going in and, and just, you know, going the way they went into other All-Ireland finals and, and trying to play things down, maybe he thought it was the time to play things up. So, But look, at as I say, you know, me just, uh, the way they started the game and, like, when the, when you start a game like that, I suppose a team like Dublin thinks, don't worry, we, we'll stick in it, we, we'll be patient, which they tried to do, to be honest, overly patient, I thought. Uh, could have been a bit more direct, I think, in the way they played. Uh, which might have hurt maybe me a little bit more. But um, they probably thought, look, we're going to get back into the game. There's no way they're going to be able to keep this pace up. And in fact, they just got, they just, they just went out of it. They just went out of it even harder. Like, uh, the, we, the, we got Troy who scored the two, the two points. I mean, like, my, like, you just can't, you can't live with that. And like when you consider the amount of space that Dublin were giving them, and me they were very cute in the way they switched the ball at times, you know, when there's somebody in space, and and uh, on the day they just they were able to get the scores, they just get just about get them over the lane. But the one you were talking about, Nevo Sullivan in the corner under the Nally stand, uh, she had no choice in the end. The support runners were starting to were starting the day, and and uh, and the pace of the game had started to get them a little bit. So that was. A, that was an absolutely crucial score because, um, you know, it just kept them that that goal ahead all the time. But, uh, yeah, but I just, it was some performance. I just thought in, in that contest when you, when you said that as well, is though that they didn't look like a team that were hanging on either. You know, every time no, they, no, they definitely not. Or two, they, they actually ended up coming back to be able to kick yeah. the point. Even before half time, uh, Emma Duggan kicked a point, I think, or, or, or maybe it was Emma Troy's point, maybe just before half time. But every time Dublin tried to lay a glove on them, they were able to. They were able to just bounce back, and I just thought that that was a team that that that's a real sign of belief. That actually they were consistent throughout the game, and I know that they, they didn't kick as much in the second half, but like you know, part of their job was to to to, to slow down Dublin and 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 uh, nullify the, their attacking options. What is clear is that Mead got themselves to a, a kind of a, a psychological pitch to allow them to perform on that day. We'll be talking about. Tyrone and Mayo later in the show as we go on specifically to that match. But that idea of getting to a performance, Oshin, in the week of a game, what were you like in the week of a big match, before a big match? How did you get yourself ready? 
Personally? Yeah. Um, I was like an antichrist for about seven days. Uh, usually that's how, <clears throat> that's how people just, uh, people who knew me, like the, the family members and that would completely avoid me uh, the week of a match because um, I, you just couldn't look at me. And then... Why were uh, you like that? Uh, just nerves, it's a nerves. Um, the build up to the game, I didn't. I probably didn't embrace the build up and at times in the way that I should have. I just wanted it to be Sunday at uh, three o'clock, or even to be honest, I used to feel a huge sense of relief when I actually jumped on the bus, you know, to to head to a game, or if we were going to wave in the day before, huge relief because then you're you're in a uh, an environment where everybody. Uh, feels the same way because going through the same stuff hasn't have the same thoughts. Uh, I would say I probably breezed through the early parts of my intercounty career because I didn't really have any nerves. Same, you know, any big games I played didn't really feel particularly nervous beforehand. And the older I got, the more nervous I got. Uh, you know, I was always the one who was who had to go for another. Uh, Toilet break during the during the huddle in the in the change rooms, and I'd still have to go when we get back out onto the pitch and uh, that sort of thing. So yeah, I would say that I got a lot more nervous as, as time went on. Um, you know that um, as far as the intensity of training goes, you if you're playing on a if you're playing we if you're playing an All Ireland final on a Sunday, Tuesday night you might get thirty good minutes, maybe thirty five. Uh, you might even get a match if you're lucky of you know five or ten minutes aside, um, but then you know that the rest of the week's just going to be it's going to be pretty down, pretty relaxed. Like um, we are going back a bit to when I was playing in big games, but uh, pretty relaxed, you know, trying to keep people fresh for the weekend. So you knew there wasn't a big pile. Uh, you know, I wouldn't overdo it. You know, as far as free taking practice or anything, you stick. Uh, 10 on a Tuesday night, 10 on a Friday night usually. Um, but as I say, the relief for me was when we all jumped on the bus and headed to wherever we were going, whether that be the day before or, or the day of. And uh, then it's proper build up for me because you know, I, I couldn't, I, I, I just could I was getting, I got very frustrated um, with, well, how's it going to go at the weekend? Sort of like those questions just, just killed me. Like, and, Eventually, I started, as, I, you know, I went from the, the, the usual platitudes to just saying, oh, we're flying, we'll, we'll, we'll win easy at the weekend. And that usually shocked people, so there, wasn't, there was never a follow-up question, and, and that used to get me out of it. So, um, you Could you sleep the night before a big match? Uh, I would sleep, but I might only get, you know, five or six hours maybe, but that was, that was loads. Um, did you share when you did you stay in Dublin before All Ireland final? So you'd stay in Dublin. Yeah, we we used to stay in Dublin. Well, I, at the t at, uh, I suppose at our peak, we were in Dublin most weekends. If I'm honest, we we did a we would have did a recce or you know a, a, a training run where we would have done almost everything apart from uh, actually getting out on the Crow Park and playing some football or training. So most weekends we spent in the city west. That was basically our base for. Um, it's probably our base for for definitely three or four years anyway. And as I say, I think at one stage we might have been we could have been in the city west four or five weekends in a row. 
Um, so, like, you know, we were very attuned uh, to what was happening. And we had, like, a, um, you knew exactly where everything was happening. Meetings, you know, we used to have mass, the morning games, all that sort of thing. Um, I suppose it's di slightly different at, at the morning of, a, of an all-air final because, like, you've got a lot of supporters hanging around. Do you know what I mean? And, and in the hotel, like, yeah, and like you know, uh, myself and Stevie used to nip down for a bit of early breakfast. Uh, Even McDonald, than, yeah, rather than the. Rather Did you share than, a room together? No, we used to we used to meet at the at the breakfast buffet while the other maybe at eight o'clock because maybe our breakfast wasn't until half nine or that, but it just wouldn't have been exactly what me and Stevie wanted to eat. So um, there might have been some of the stuff there, like. Like John McCluskey was was with us, and he wouldn't even let us have butter, and uh, I just that just killed me at that time. I, I, just, I couldn't I couldn't handle not having butter, but uh, yeah. So we just had you just a lot of boys used to have their own little routine. A lot of boys, you know, might go to the gym the day before a game, pool. You know, I didn't do any of that. Um, uh, but yeah, like once I get away from from home, you know, for the actual match. Uh, you know, things started to settle down a bit, and then after that, I, I would say I was, I was, uh, I was fair, fairly calm going into the game, into the games, and I enjoyed the change room because there's so many different characters. We had the gays, we had the two Max who were who were booked like to go, like if we were there an hour and a half before the game, an hour and forty minutes, they'd sleep for at least a half an hour of that sprawled out over the change room somewhere, and. Uh, Geezer and McGray and boys like that could be could be taking the door off the hinges. So that was just the different characters that you had. Uh, the 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 training area in Crow Park, um, the warm up area, like we we would have boys who would go in there and and literally kick football for you know forty minutes beforehand and uh, just all as I say, I enjoyed the change rooms because there was so much happening. There was so many different characters and uh, everybody's not everybody's but the prep it's unbelievable when you look around the change room and you realize the difference between some people's preparation for what is essentially they're going to do everybody's going out to do the exact same thing and people get themselves ready in 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 different ways um but as i say once i get into the change room it was a very comfortable place to be and i enjoyed it but i was i the more the older i got the more nervous the more nervous i got Stephen, that thing of players being different in the dressing room or different in the week before the game, different on the bus, how does a manager, how do you cope with that? Well, I think, you know, you, you want you want different characters and you need different personalities there. Um, I think for my, my, my experience is that, um, was, was that, you know, where, where Oshin is talking about, you know, going to... City West, and it be, it became their second home type thing. Um, when when I was involved with, with, with Mayo, they had a lot of familiarity with 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 with, with Crow Park. Um, I think you know we we were we were all trying to, to, to get to, to hotels that that wouldn't have allowed us to have uh, any supporters away. So uh, probably probably different different times in so far as you know you you want fellas to have their space, but at the same time. You know, they they take great comfort in each other. So the same fellas that have the same places on the bus, and they'd have the same guys that they'd be rooming with. They'd have the same 
corner of the dressing room. Um, and so I think there was always comfort for them in familiarity. So different guys did different things, but, but you know, there was, uh, at, the, at the same time, there, there was nothing there uh, that sort of would, would have been something that would have given us any concern anyway. You know, fellas were, 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 were well experienced at, to, to, I suppose, sleeping away from home, going to Crow Park, that environment. So that, 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 that wasn't typically a concern for, for, for us uh, back in those days. You can see yesterday that the Mead players grew into the game. Right, they absolutely grew into the game as it went along. Did you did you look at a player on All Ireland final day and think that they were actually shrinking into themselves on the day? Did you look at it from early in the day and see there's a problem here and there, or even in the course of the dressing room or then in the match? Did, did that ever strike you? Um, no, no. I, 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 when you do say that, Paul, I remember we, whatever way it is with 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 us and. Um, I remember near, nearly the last, about the last five minutes before we used to leave the, the hotel. So we used to stay in uh, my time there in the St. Helen, Helens, uh, the Radisson St. Helens in um, just off Salorg and Jewel Carriageway. A so, very fine breakfast there as well, by the way, Oshin. If you're yeah. <laughs> Fair enough, uh, mind. We, yeah, we used to love them low-fat butter. Um, <laughs> but but um, what I, I remember, for, for whatever reason, we, we ended up being in the, the, the large uh, dining hall on a Sunday morning as, as uh, Oshin, you, you had your routine. So there was mass and there was fellas, we'd go for a walk and all different things. And you'd be back and they'd be doing their own stretching. And they typically got togged out to a point at the hotel onto the bus and away. But, but if you found yourself, you know, maybe going to the comfort of the other selectors or, or, or then saying, well, what do you think? How, how do you, what do you see their mood in? And, 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 Typically, yeah, we're good, or there was a wink, or there was something. So you always, you always were sort of taking comfort what, with what other people were seeing, and, and, and typically the S and C and the physio guys would always give you a good sense of where fellas were because they got a bit more. I used the word intimate, or a bit more close on, hands on uh, work with them in, in that sort of twelve or twenty-four hour period beforehand. So they give you a good sense whether somebody was. Um, what sort of form they were in, but I have to say, and thankfully, it um, again maybe it was the experience and the routine with the group were 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 um, well used to it. That, uh, that, that typically didn't see fellas sort of you know stepping. They actually stepped forward for for for, for those occasions, and uh, thankfully they did. What's it like on the bus to Crow Park for a big day? Um. Well. I, I, so my I know first, Mayo fans are famously restrained yeah. as you pass through the streets. Um, what is it? Well, what's it like being coming in, coming in from Stillorgan? You've left Stillorgan. You're on the bus and you're going to Crow Park. Like, what? What are you feeling? Yeah, well, like I, I think you always take a little bit of uh, humor from what what are, what are the guards on the motorbikes doing? How they're weaving in behind and you're sort of at once. It's, Oh Christ! Well, there was nearly an accident, or there might have been. You know, there is that sort of element, and um, it is very quiet, uh, no doubt. There's a, a lot of guys li- listening to maybe a podcast or, or um, you know, a bit of music. Um, there wouldn't typically be music on the bus, no. Uh, in, in in ours, guys would be more on their own individual stuff. Um, but I know coming into Drumcondra. And when things had slowed down uh, a lot more, and you saw saw fans and, and spectators in that gathering, yeah, you did sort of sit up a bit higher in the in the chair, and 
I don't know whatever way your chest seemed to to beam out another little bit. Um, but but and I was saying this to somebody a few weeks ago that you know those little you know in games there was some great moments and some 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 hard moments as well. But um, I I'll always have memories of us striving into Drum Condra and just. As the ways you come into the back of the Cusick there, that 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 sort of little road gets very tight, and you know I've I've memories of seeing Mayo supporters, people from home, you know, people you mightn't have seen for 10, 15 years. It might be somebody that was in your class in school or whatever with a Mayo jersey going into go, going into the game, and you sort of got a yeah a real sense of pride to sort of say yeah we're we're, we're here with our own or we're here representing our own, um, and they, they were they were nice. Um, but thankfully, we had, we hadn't anybody trying to. It wasn't a Galatasaray or it wasn't a, a, a Liverpool Everton type um, fiasco with uh, anyone jumping onto the bus or anything like that. And what about what about the the Dublin fans when the Dublin fans see your bus going by? What was the reaction? Yeah, do you know what? Um, not as much, not as much um, going to games. But Christ above, they were loud when we were coming away after all Ireland finals. That was sure, you know, there'd be numbers outside some of the pubs on the way, um, and uh, yeah, they they they, they weren't. Um, actually, in fairness, I, I remember in one or two places they, they actually were pretty gracious in some places, sort of clapping. But there was, yeah, you'd you'd rather have seen their their hand, their their head in their hands than their than them clapping us. Oshin. Yeah, no, the the bus journey in was it was we used to have a bit of crack because um we just like boys, like we, we all sat in the same seats, so we had the same crack. We probably had the same crack as we had the last day, but it seems particularly funny that you know, and uh and as Stephen says, there's plenty going on in the streets and that, so you're able to have a look. I remember actually going into Clonus one day and there was somebody who was let's just say quite inebriated in front of the bus and we kept beeping the train and get him out of the way and when he turned around it was a gay who would go on and play for Armagh for about 15 years <laughs> but, <laughs> but he just happened to be in the road that day and uh, he was on the bus the following year I know that but um, the 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 thing about the about the the bus journey in the road is that I suppose we used to use some uh, we used to use Al Pacino's speech so we used to use that from maybe um, five minutes from from Crow Park so it was just ending as we're more or less getting off the bus the game of inches speech yeah so you remember it yeah I can remember it yeah I couldn't recite it to you but uh, I I can remember I can remember it because it meant like. I know now probably I don't know if teams are using that sort of stuff, but at the time it meant it meant a lot to us because there was there was more meaning behind us. Um, in one of the occasions, the 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 boys, uh, Hugh Campbell and Des Jennings were sports psychologists, and they had got a family members to um, to recite one line of it, and that probably made it feel a bit more ours than. Than just uh, any other sort of speech, uh, it was that was I that was quite emotional because it was you know it was it was families doing it and my mum was doing it and obviously my father wasn't around anymore so I you know that was that was quite emotional. Um, but once you got once you got on the bus and then you heard that then you sort of you're tuned in then and 
Benny Benny Tierney was one for for running around the bus and keeping everybody's spirits up, and 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 some boys didn't like that because they were trying to you know be particularly focused. And um, but as I say, just different things work for different people. Uh, I used to feel sorry for the for the new guys in the panel when we're in the Crow Park because you, you go in, sit down, and they go, no, that's my seat, and they go to another seat, nah, that's it, no. <laughs> and so they all they all used to end up in the one corner of the change room. In fact, they used to stand in the middle with their bags until uh, all the other positions had been taken up because I don't know what you guys were like, but I change when I change and cross, I change in the same place for twenty three years, like you know, fucking and nobody was for moving me like you know and it wasn't even a great seat but uh it was my seat and that was and that was it so same thing in crow park with the time you get in there you know you get your seat you're comfortable you know with your surroundings uh i used to i, I would never be able to tell because the, the change rooms are obviously uh so alike i would never be able to tell was that the change room we were in the last time or that, oh, we were in a different change room so um uh, I was never sure uh, until we actually come out and run whether you turn left or you turn right, like you know. So, um, but we, it was just a very comfortable. As I say it's very comfortable to be in those those surroundings, and uh, the bus was different for everybody. You know, you know, a lot of gays as time went on. To be honest, a lot of gays listened to music. You know, had the, the earphones in and very much doing their own thing. Uh, but I enjoyed the crack. You know, it was four of us. It was myself, uh, Benny Tierney. Stephen McDonald and uh, Kevin McAvana, and we used to sit. Uh, we had two. That's seats. actually a school teacher's nightmare. <laughs> we had. Well, Benny was a school teacher, believe it or not, or is a school teacher. He's actually a principal now, but anyhow. Um, and we used to sit two face, two face and two. So we used to enjoy the crack and that, you know. And and to be honest, that used to get you switched off for that. That half hour, which I think was completely necessary, especially when you when you felt about games in the end, the way I did it, about them, you know. Wait, did you ever walk out there? Were you did you, when you made it out onto the field? It's either in the warm up or after the warm up. Or did you ever just feel, I'm not, I'm not right today. I'm, 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 I'm not ready for this, or this isn't, this just just doesn't feel good. Yeah, most most days, most days after about four minutes, you go, have I ever trained before? You know, like, why am I absolutely out my feet after four minutes? And it wouldn't matter that that's the exact same thing that happened to you the last time, and yet you get yourself into the game and you're flying, and you feel as if you could play for 120 minutes. But, um, yeah, that's, I think that's the year that a lot of players will find that very early on in the game is that, you know, they find a little, it takes them a little bit of time to get uh, their second wind. Um, a lot of players probably find that now in the warm up because the warm ups are probably a lot more nuanced than they once were, and you're probably getting to the pitch of it maybe a little bit quicker. Our warm ups tended to be fairly relaxed, um, and we didn't have a lot of teams. Most teams, in fact, uh, play the uh, the game uh, beforehand. Some teams like to uh, like to go to, uh, two games, so whether it be I don't know, 8v8 or whatever it is. Um, but we never did that. Our, as I say, our warm-up was quite relaxed. And even um, the last five minutes of it was the defenders and the goalkeeper in behind the goals, which, is, which in fairness, is still done, but probably not to the to the, to the extent that we would have liked to do it. And, and when you're a free-taker, you, you, I like I used to like to get three or four in uh, beforehand on my own terms and my own time and that, so... Like, you know, we could dip in and out of what we were doing, maybe, you know. 
Stephen, I know you were a very fine and successful footballer in your own right, but I do want to talk to you about the management side of things. And what is the earliest in a big game you've made a substitution? Earliest? Um, God above, no, you're, you're, you caught me on that one. Um, well, half time. Yeah, I think, I think um, we had to, well, not, it, it was one that was put on us. Well, like obviously, the 2016 replay uh we had to uh lee keegan had got a black card and and we could replace the black card stephen cohen came in um so that happened i think about 20 25 minutes you know into in, into the game um thankfully we haven't um my own from from the top of my head i can't remember us having to sort of dip into one um before before half time um uh no so so but, but even in those, um, you know, when you're talking about preparation, that typically we would have had a, a sort of a, a sort of a bit of a checklist around the what ifs. So if he gets injured, or who's covering the half back line, or what does that mean mean for a matchup, or all that. So it was a typically it'd be a, a run to sort of say right, he's coming off. And and right, these are the two candidates. What does that matchup look like in, in the context and maybe the way the game is going? But uh, no, ha- haven't had to haven't had to make any of those calls. Uh, any of the controversial ones were done really before the game. Yeah, um, but but that call, and I, I do want to talk about not particularly that call, but one of the people who was involved in that call in a while. We won't we won't come to him yet. I was just thinking. Um, I played in the county final. One of the county finals I played in at home, and there was a friend of mine who was a selector on the team. And he, he told me he wanted to go to the manager to take me off during the parade, which I thought was a small bit harsh <laughs> before, before the game. Anyway, um, oh, we, want to, want to to, we want to know what you were doing in the warm up. That, that, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. Um, I do want to talk to you about supporters in the week before the game. I read what James Horn was said at the weekend. He was. It was a, really interesting interview and he had a brilliant phrase where he talked about Mayo supporters and he says we have a lot of well-wishers in Mayo what is it like to be in Mayo this week in the week of an All-Ireland final oh like you know I, I think there's uh, well I found and maybe it's from my own experience that um uh it hasn't been as crazy as it has been like I, I can sort of go back and think from 96 on uh, and how the place was getting, you know, over the, the course of the next 10 or 12 years when we were in probably the finals up to 06, um, you know, things were just becoming more daft as the time went on. And from pe- sheep being painted or cars being coloured or houses being painted or, you know, and, and then there was always the, the sort of fundraising events or the, you know, the up for the match type events and they'd all been... I think then you know things have sort of changed and and training sessions and that now are all behind closed doors. I remember back in '96, um, going to go like the the Mayo team used to train in 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 our home pitch in Cross Malina on the Sunday before all their championship games, and like it was, geez, this was like Christmas coming to to to, to young guys. You'd be over, you'd be watching, be at the Lee McHales or the the Kieran Max, obviously the James Nallens, all these guys. Um, and it was a great opportunity to see what was happening and who was going well. Um, but then, you know, I think as time has gone on, and you know, we've 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 been in a number of of, of finals, obviously over the last decade. You know, it it 
it's it sort of it goes seesaw from I remember back probably in 2012 when we when we felt like that we were the favourites maybe or or we had a real chance against Donegal things are a little bit giddy um then to, to play in Kerry and, and 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 Dublin over the course you're you're definitely more the underdog and things are a lot more settled but there is a there is a quiet confidence but I don't think anybody genuinely is is, is thinking that we have this in the bag um there's a lot there's a lot more there's, there's a lot more of uh, experience of the hurt to sort of temper the, the majority of people's um uh, feelings and and that and people I think have have, have cautious optimism uh, at the moment is that how you describe the mood in Mayo? I do, yeah. Like I think, I think there's there, there's a lot of belief that the the that the that, that there's enough quality uh, in the group. There's a good blend of the experience and and, and sort of that youth, um, sort of that youthful exuberance, that pace that they bring. What's the best um, team that you put out as manager? Which which of which if before which game would you say is which is the best performance? Which is the best team that you put on the field? I think the 2017 All Ireland final was probably the best, um, uh, the, the, the the best performance that we got. Even though, like the 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 the, the performance maybe in the Kerry uh, All Ireland semi final, uh, the replay I thought it was a very controlled uh, performance. It looked like winning it, but I think on, on, you probably measured them off the very very big day. And I think that that Dublin team were 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 coming to its peak uh, at at that time. Um, and so I think 2017 was probably the, the, the best balanced team that we had uh, and, and the best performance uh, that we got out of that, that, that group. Do you, think, do you think that this Mayo team that is going to take the field next weekend is better than that 2017 team? I think, I think that doesn't really matter, Paul, to be honest. It's always, again, you know, it, it, it's no matter than when you were going back to maybe talking about Mick Bohan's uh, comments about getting that big performance. It's about getting the win, you know. Um, like what? What's you know? What does it matter how good you were versus the the teams of the past? Are Arts Rowan as good as the teams that are in two thousand and three, five and eight? I I don't think so either. Um, but this game on its own merits counts for just the two teams um, next sa- sa- Saturday evening. So um, I think that there's. Uh, I know that myself. I you know. When, when Killian O'Connor got hurt at the at the start of the summer, I found it hard to sort of see that the team was going to be on on the doorstep of an All Ireland win. Um, but in fairness to the Tommy Conroys, the the the, the Ryan O'Donoghues, um, the Kevin McLaughlins, those guys ha- have stood up um, and they've they they've been performing um, consistently. Um, yeah, they've had moments whereby they, they, they've, they've got, come down, but consistently they've, they've finished strong. Um, and that's uh, that's the credit to, the, to, the, to that group. Do you think they'll win? I do. I genuinely believe that they, they'll win. Uh, I think that they'll have learned a lot, um, or the opportunity is there for learning, that they'll have learned from, out of what, what Kerry didn't do more than, 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 than what Tyrone did. Um, and I think, that's, I think that's where the game... You, you win. I don't see Tyrone changing up much. I think the, the four week break actually will have will have will have been good for Mayo. I think beating Dublin, it was going to take them a week to come down from from, from that the high of that uh, of that win. They had a week then to really get their preparation on track. 
they'll have had the time to, to see Tyrone. And, and, and from the following morning, from last Sunday weeks, uh, they would have been able to put to, to, into action whatever the plan uh, needs to be to, to beat Tyrone. Um, and I think if, if Owen McLaughlin and Oshie Mullen uh, are, are, are available, I think that the... the, the you think Owen, McLaughlin, you think Owen McLaughlin is available? Well, the more I'm hearing, I'm hearing that locally. I don't know if that spin that's coming out of the camp or what it is, but I, I am hearing that uh, that 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 he'll be in the the, the shake up whether the decision is taken on him on Wednesday to to to, to risk him. Um, I think that I, I think that they'll they'll weigh that up. Um, it's it, it's a difficult one. He's a young lad. Will it be playing on his mind? I'm sure James has considered all all of those things. Um, but but if he is deemed fit and well by 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 the management and the medical team, um, I think him and Oshin Mullen will be two really um, confidence boosters to the group. But but they also have the qualities I think. But the, but their raw athleticism and, and pace and that they're the actual things that actually can hurt Tyrone. Um, because if you're going to ask it to leave it to Lee Keegan and 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 Paddy Durkin to, to start. Uh, punching those holes, I think Tyrone will be waiting for them. I, uh, that 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 would be the fear. Oshin, yeah, I totally agree with that. Look at if if uh, former Lachlan is fit, that's a that's a massive one. Uh, you know, his second half against uh, Galway was exceptional. Just even the balls that he didn't get on, just getting up that wing, uh, pulling players out of the way, and that's exactly what that's exactly the template you need against uh, against their own. You need to get players ahead of the ball. Uh, yes, you need to get players behind the ball. You know when when they're attacking and all that. But when you're attacking, uh, Mayo are best at attacking when they attack a pace. They're not brilliant uh, being patient, lads. Um, you know, we've seen that in the first half against uh, Galway and the first half against Dublin. Um, but there's going to be times where you know that's exactly what they're going to need to do, and uh, they're going to have to be better at, at mining the ball and, and carry well. Um, and I think the thing about Mayo is that they've seen them, they've seen a lot of this stuff before, and they've had to break down one of the greatest teams who've ever played the game. Uh, they've managed to do that over the years on a consistent basis. Uh, it's amazing to turn around the players. Like I'm just looking even at last year's All Ireland final uh, team. You're possibly talking four, if not five, you know, uh, changes from that team, which doesn't sound a lot, but it's a third-year team, you know, in a matter of nine months. Um, but I just think the players that have come in uh, have added what Mayo needed, and that is that extra little bit of energy. Uh, I think with Kennedy in the middle of the field, I think, you know, Aidan O'Shea could realistically, um, you could afford to play him there. Um, I know, I think it was Keith Higgins maybe said that um, last week, but I, I, w I would agree with that, that, that there's an opportunity maybe to play Aidan O'Shea in that area, uh, try and get him to turn over the ball. And that's, you know, if you turn the ball over against, uh, against your own, all it comes down to then is just is just good decision making in the top half of the field, and I think, uh, you know, like that's an area that Mayo definitely have improved on in the last couple of games. Um, but yeah, I think the McLaughlin one, Oshie Mullen, just because I think he, I think if they play him, they, they may play him on McKenna, and if they play him on McKenna, that gets him further out the field and up the field. 
Uh, we've seen the first half of the All-Ireland final last year. He had um, Con O'Callaghan on the back foot for, for the most of it. Um, and I think, you know, he can add uh, significantly to that uh, to that drive going forward and that extra bit of pace. So, uh, but then again, you know, uh, like I, I, I don't know whether it's because of the hair, but I just, I, I just, I get the impression that, that, uh, O'Hora and Oshimol are similar type footballers, but I probably haven't. Uh, as I say, the, the 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 hair is 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 is, is confusing me a little bit. And uh, but I do think that O'Hora probably is better, uh, a little bit deeper, and he may pick up McCurry. And as I say, if that's the case, if that's if that's what they're if that's what Mayo are thinking, I think. With McKenna and the way he likes to vary things, Mullen is as comfortable in the full full back lane as he is in the half back lane. But just what he can give them going the other way, and McKenna will let you do that, you know, because he's he won't he won't track all the runs. Um, he's a he's he's significantly better than than what he was at the start of the year, but um, he won't track he won't track those runs. You just have to make sure that when he drifts into that full full back lane or full forward lane that. Uh, that Oshie Mullins aware of that and he picks him up, you know. Is that the matchup, Stephen? Are they the two matchups? Is it Oshie Mullins on Conor McKenna and is it Darren McCurry being picked up by Paragahora? Um, I think I think Paragahora will be on Darren McCurry. Yeah. Um, I think that there's 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 good flexibility within the Mayo uh, players as regards who they pick up. I um, if, if Oshie doesn't play, I would I would be thinking. You might put Stephen Cohen on Matty Donnelly and try and let Lee go off on Lee Keegan or off uh, on Conor McKenna. Um, yeah, it's see, see, part part of it as well is that you don't know whether Michael O'Neill or Conor Myler or Kieran McGeary or or um, who's going to play on the half back line versus who's going to play on the on the half forward line. So um, I don't think Mayo will get too bogged down in the matchups, but. I do think McKenna offers you a somebody that that can that, that can counter attack because he he's playing out really sort of as a third midfielder as such. Um, and Matty Donnelly, while he he'll start at full forward, he'll also drift out the the field. Now that might be on the back of substitutions and then bringing on a Colin McShane or something like that. But um, yeah, I I think. I think there's good flexibility in the Mayo defenders to be able to 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 to, to mix things up, but um, how how they how they go about using that their pace and their power is is definitely the the key to um, to winning the game. Is it Hessian? Like, yeah, sorry, going out. Sorry, Yoshin, Is it is it Hessian then onto Dara Canavan when he comes on, and who goes on to McShane when he comes on if McShane doesn't start? I think a little bit, you know, you have to you have to see, you know, who who replaces who. So so if it's if it's a Matty Donnelly into the middle for a, for a Kennedy or a Kilpatrick, um, it's going to be you know who, whoever was on who's on Donnelly that that then takes up McShane. I think, um, and and you know the, the obvious typical ones have been Oshin or or Lee to mark those people close to goal, but. You know, Stephen Stephen Cohen has marked Michael Murphy close to goal. He's marked Jim McConnelly close to goal. He's marked, um, you know, Conor Callahan, um, or sorry, Kieran Kilkenny, uh, in the past. So I don't think that will be a major issue. Um, it, it, the the Darren McCurry and Derek Canavan on the field will will be one that they need to 
uh, be, be mindful. Enda Hessian has played on the half back line and the half. He came on in the half forwards uh, up, up until half time um, in the game against Dublin. So, you know, the yeah, that will be one that they'll, they, they certainly have to have considered for. I, I, I think there's a chance Conor McKenna won't start. I think there's a chance that they'll go with Colin McShane and go for it early and try and get ahead and try and suck Mayo, Mayo, Mayo onto them. At the other end, what are the matchups at the other end? I think Aidan O'Shea will play full forward, so who'll pick him? Well, if he, play, yeah, if he plays full forward, McNamee. I think McNamee will mark him no matter where unless he actually plays at midfield. In other okay. words, he'll be there for the throw-up, but he has to sort of remain there. That'll put, I suppose, a bit of a bit of uh, thinking towards towards Brian Doher and, and and Logan to um, how how they sort of shape the, the full back line in, in that case. Like, who's going to play a full forward? Then obviously is the next question. Then for Mayo, is it going to be a Connor Loftus? Is it going to be uh, like are they going to play Darren McHale in there and sort of look to run the the defence around the place? I th- that, that is part of the the, the answer, but. Don't know if it, if if it'll be that or a Jim or O'Connor or who, or or who will. Uh, is this one of those games where the matchups are not quite? It's not like Tyrone Kerry or it's not like Mayo Dublin in that getting the specific matchups in the full forward line isn't really the defining thing. Or the defining thing here is going to be the middle eight players on both teams going up and down and who can actually break it. Well, for me, um, the matchups will become crucial if Mayo don't have Oshie Mullen and, uh, and McLaughlin available. In other words, they're the the threats that, that Tyrone will have identified will obviously be much smaller. And I think the, the key matchup will be who will Conor Myler then mark because he yeah. has now become the key uh, sacrificial lamb to just to just wipe out. And I, I you know, I, I've seen him, um, you know, I remember back, you know, as, as far as 2018, we we played Kildare in a in a a league game above a Newbridge and Kevin McLaughlin was electric. He was linking defence to attack. You know he was a scoring threat. Played Tyrone the following week. Connor Myler uh, moves onto him and, and Kevin can't literally get a breath, never mind the ball uh, for, for the game. So I would I would anticipate that you will see Myler going on to Paddy Durkin. Certainly if the if the um, if the oh McLaughlin, the, like that's where McLaughlin and and Mullen now becomes much more important than their defensive duties. It's going to ask different questions around what Tyrone like to do in those scenarios. And if so, then PD Hart will go on to Kevin McLaughlin. Is that right? Is that yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, th- I think from from my experience uh, versus um, uh, versus Tyrone in the championship, Donegal. He, he, he was on a defensive job on Nile O'Donnell, who had had a super game the week before uh, against Derry. Um, and, you know, I think I think in, in fairness to, to Doher and Logan, they have readjusted, I suppose, what, what Peter Hart's role is in the team. He, he is actually, he, he's not a, an attacking wing back with, with sort of this license, right? Like he is doing a defensive job, but he's also now getting the blend right to get forward. And he scored in each of the four championship games. So um, th- th- he's got a really good balance in, in, in what Peter Hart is doing. I think he's, you're seeing a much more consistent championship performance for, 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 for Peter Hart this year than maybe he's had for, for, for quite some time. Were you impressed by Tyrone when they played against Donegal? You were on the sideline that day. You saw a lot of it. You saw the things that went on. Were you impressed by them? 
Um, was I, I think sometimes you're probably too emotionally uh, attached to the game to sort of weigh, weigh up what, what, what were the sort of the, the positive things they were doing. Um, but, but having watched them against Monaghan and, and, and up close against Kerry, I have been impressed by them. Um, I think that, um, I don't think that they, like, I, don't, I haven't bought totally into that they have changed utterly from the Mickey Hart, Gavin Devlin uh, view. I think that they're, they are uh, applying pressure, yes, for, in, a much, in a more advanced position, but I think you can even see it in the Colin McShane point an extra time. They didn't have a player outside their 65, and, and maybe that was just a, a, a phase of play, but you know they they drop back and they and they track men, but they're not dropping in in numbers. There, there's not big sort of guys just getting into zonal areas. They are you know taking up players and they are applying that pressure as it says in the middle third. But I think what's what's really sort of impressive about the Tyrone team is that they have a lot of very very good footballers, very comfortable on the ball. Uh, even when you think you've got them into a tight position, um, you know they're they're, they're able to, to to get out of it. Good 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 guys on the ball, good decision makers, and Mayo's typical um, push and high press up the field. If if they don't stop them and slow them up, and they get um, that could become a problem if they start to get slipped and throw and start to get players overloading the middle third of the field with runners. Oshin. Yeah, I just think that the, the, the I think the matchups are significant for Tyrone. Uh, you know who picks up Conroy and who picks up Ryan O'Donoghue, um, because uh, I really do think that those two guys are continuing to grow. I don't think that that has been stunted in any way. I think Tommy Conroy would look back in his last day's performance and think, uh, well, actually, a lot of people would look back in his last day's performance and think it wasn't good enough, but. I have to give him great credit because he's just stuck in, stuck in, and and then when his couple of opportunities came, uh, he was able to nail them. Uh, conditioning wise, you know, like he'll keep going, and I think that's when you can hurt Tyrone. Is you know when when they start to win a little bit. Uh, O'Donoghue, I like him because he takes he takes a few chances, and uh, and they're gonna they're gonna come off at some stage for him. So I think. You know, they're big calls. You know, who picks up him? Probably Hampsey, I would imagine, will, will get will get Conroy. Um, and as far as O'Donoghue is concerned, that's an interesting one. That could be Michael O'Neill or, or McKernan. Um, uh, the the Damer O'Connor one is, is an interesting one as well. You know, maybe Kieran McGeary might might be detailed to, to to mark him but remember he starts and he starts for the throw up in the middle of the field it's usually Aidan O'Shea and, and Damon O'Connor start in the middle of the field so I suppose they will have the, the opportunity to cause a little bit, bit of confusion but you, I can imagine uh, Tyrone sitting in for 10 minutes just you know figuring all that out and then and then coming out and playing a little bit more when when Stephen talks about the fact that you know they, they haven't changed they ha- I don't think they've changed that much either, and I don't. And I think anybody who looks back in the games that that will be proven. But I do think that there's a slight shift in mindset in that they definitely want if if it's on, it's definitely going into that full four line. And I think the Monaghan game was a big game for me. First two balls they got, they put it in on top of Matty Donnelly. They got one point off it, and and. Uh, it it keeps the team honest as well, you know, in the fact that you you know that 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 that's the first thing in your head, and that's something that you're that you're willing to think about. And when you're planning for them, 
you have to plan for that as well. So, um, like they haven't changed dramatically, but like like the last day, you could even say that they reverted back to to more tape than they than they've ever done. But uh, I do think that the players they have um, seem more comfortable playing counter attacking football and uh, making better decisions than the opposition will make for uh, the the majority of the game. I mean, like. Fair to say, you know, Kerry got a got a fair roasting like for uh, for losing the game the last day by a point. I think they're just Paul, just on what Oshin was saying as well in relation to you know the the, the selection that I think we 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 we'll get a good sense around what Tyrone's view if Frank Burns starts because he is typically played in a in a, in a sort of that sweeper role. Uh, and if they are looking to apply themselves in a more man on man, getting getting all all the matchups are trying to dictate a lot more of the matchups. It'll be interesting to see if Frank Burns starts. And I think also, and I don't think it's coincidental that the game that Oshin refers to about about Tyrone going a bit more direct against Monon was a game in which Mark Bradley started. Right? Um and you know is this like I think with 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 McShane and Canavan typically coming on, you know is this a game worth starting Mark Bradley to, 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 to sort of try and link a little bit more of that play? Um, like Mayo will push up the field. Is he the type of ball player that you want to get maybe to, to, to link through the middle third to, to get those balls into the full forward line if they're, if they're going to play with two in there? And I think that's, you know, they're, in fairness to Tyrone, they have a lot of options. And I think also, you know, if Rory Brennan comes back into into selection option, they'll have uh, good defensive cover with himself and McCann being available as well. So, um, you know, there's there, there's definitely options there for Jerome, whether they want to change things up at the start or they want to to, to maintain a very strong bench as well. I think, I think, I don't know what Stephen thinks of this, but, like, what's the possibility of Cohen, Carr or Flynn starting? Um... I, as in all three of them to start? No, no, no. One, one of, one of, one of. Instead of Darren McHale. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not so, I'm not so sure. I think that if, if um, uh, obviously, you know, Owen McLaughlin, uh, if he doesn't start, does Oshie Mullen come straight back in, or does someone like Enda Hessian start? So it, it all depends on whether there's a full, full, full team available. But I would think if if someone was to start of of, of all of those, um, it might be someone like James Carr. I think that they'll try to use a Darren McKay, um, a Darren Cohen off the bench, um, and and also maybe Jordan probably covering the the, the middle of the field, the half forward line. Um, but but again, it's you know it's it's a tricky one. It's always to do with you're trying to play a little bit of catch a mouse, cat and mouse, and and for me. You know what we see, whether Tyrone start Frank Burns or not, is also going to give, as I said already, gives a bit of insight around how they're going to uh, defensively set up. I was just thinking. I was just thinking the way uh, Tyrone like to like to defend the arc that Carr and Cohen are fairly good from from distance uh, and look to be fairly confident. I mean, the first two, the first two balls they got when they come on the field last day, they turn around and shot. Like uh, one of them, uh, James Carr's first shot went wide, I think. But yeah. uh, just even just to that's t- t- to take that on, having only been, you know, on the field, I just thought it showed uh, serious confidence for a lad who hasn't played a massive amount of football all year. So 
I just think maybe they should just start one of them, and you're probably right. Probably, uh, you know, if they if they start Cohen, there's no way he's going to last a match. So maybe James Carr is the option now. James Carr, James Carr came on, had two chances, two shots, both from the slot. I think he would have backed him to score both of those ordinarily. And I think if he did that, if he got those in Tyrone, I don't see him missing again. Two more questions before we go about players. Aidan O'Shea. He play, he, there's an opportunity if you played him at full forward to do things. I know this is not a popular view, but I think he was very close. I know he played poorly against Dublin. He was very close to having four points in 38 minutes. Yeah, should we told you that the last day? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I just think I just think again, just not to keep on with decision making, but uh, for me there was there was two things, and I think it sort of drained his confidence a little bit. Uh, the first one where he took the mark, he probably should have played on, and the second one where he played on, he probably should have took the mark, and it's probably just look at he's he's not used to, it, but he is a very experienced player, and and I suppose. You know, he has video evidence now. He's had a good look at it. I'm sure that's been drilled home to him. So he's definitely an option in there. There's absolutely no doubt about that. I would not be averse to putting him in there. Yeah. I, I think there, there there's two things. One, on the last day, um, I'm led to believe that, that he had very little training done in the, in the, in, in the 10 days leading up to it. Uh, and for, for, for a big guy, he, he probably needed that bit of sharpness. You know, you know I think Aidan would say it himself. His finishing isn't always his strength, all right. But for a big guy, he's got great hands, you know, uh, and his 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 tackling and his ability to to sort of um, you know set the tone for, for them defensively is very important. And I think with with playing them uh, up front, uh, I think that that just early on, right, um, that maybe Tommy and Ryan will need a little bit of. Uh, somebody in there to to to, to keep tabs a on a focal point, uh, uh, yeah, and 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 sort of you know back them up a little bit because believe you me, those Tyrone boys will be getting to know the two lads and having having their six foot four captain uh, in there uh, adding as a little bit of backup security. I don't think it will be any harm. The counter argument to that to that lads for me is you know Tyrone turn him over two or three times, bottle him up. You know, they'll get serious energy from that. I can picture them pushing them after they've done it and all that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, so just just have to be careful. And probably this is a game where he, he does uh, be a bit more fluent and move in and out, you know? Yeah, but I do, think, I do think he can take up a position. When they go to set up, he could take his position off coming from the wing. Because, as I said, he's got very good hands. Like, for, for a guy, he's got a basketball background. Like he could come on to balls coming at different angles and and put in the runners, um. But but even if he does play for forward, it, it won't be he won't be there for seventy minutes anyway. Um, he will he will flow between between the two. But I actually think I don't, I actually think he, he needs to back himself a little bit more. He's he he just refused the shot too much for me, you know, especially when he's on his he's on uh, the right side onto his left foot, and you know he he needs to you know I suppose. You know, confidence is a massive thing, but I think all he needs to do is kick one or two of them and then, you know, he can come alive. I want to talk before we finish about the goalkeepers. Stephen, you know Rob Henley well. He obviously suffered after that All-Ireland final. What would the semi-final have done for him, this this, this kicking that last point against Dublin? Oh, it would be massive. You know, like, I mean, you know, he's obviously had a, you know, his his own story coming out of of, of twenty sixteen, which is part of 
are all our story in Mayo. Um, but you know, to to get that opportunity, um, and you know, like he's had a he's had a, a, a very good year, I suppose. When you when you've been, you know, go, going up against David Clark as as your as your 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 competitor and. Unlike in any other position, when you're a goalkeeper, that's the only one you can. You can't be a wing back and a corner back on different days. Um, and so he's had to be patient over the last three to four years waiting for, for that opportunity. But, like, you know, Mayo have been very fortunate that they've had two quality goalkeepers there. Um, Robbie has played in a lot of All Ireland finals. You know, he's played, he was in the 2012 and uh, 13. Um, or sorry, the 2013 final he was in, the semi-finals in 14, um, the semi-finals in 15. He was the he was the number one guy. But then that all, I suppose, as his story, it it it, it always was going to come down to you know something like putting it on his shoulders. And I think that there he looks like a guy that is very confident in what he's doing. Yeah, he, he got a second bite of the cherry the last day now. And I don't know if there's some people are saying, oh, they were lucky to get it, but some others are telling me that Connor Lane was sort of shouting at him beforehand or something to to to, to hold the, the shot. So maybe that did have something to, to do with it. But uh no, it's 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 great for him. He'll have and he'll have known the the pressure that was on it. Um but just you know, we're all just hoping that you know he, he can have a game and I would hope that the that it doesn't come down to, to to goalkeepers to win the game the next day, even though the two of them um, look like they're 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 hitting scuds from 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 all different angles and um, the way things are. Yeah, the seventy meter free is now in Ocean and it changes it changes the game a bit. Yeah, no, it certainly does. Like, but if you can, if you want to roll back a little bit, um, like Morgan lost eight of his thirteen long kickouts the last day. I mean that. that those stats just wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't be pleasing for a goalkeeper. Um, and I would say he was responsible for probably five of those, um, at least. Um, so, like, his, his performances haven't been perfect, but he doesn't seem to be as rattled as what he used to be. I remember, I'm not sure, probably I think it's before your time in Donegal, but I remember him going up the pitch, you know, the kick freeze against Donegal at Ballywafey. He missed two of them, completely rattled, and it destroyed his game. It destroyed his kickouts, his handling. You know what I mean? And uh, but I don't think I think he's he's moved along from that. Uh, but certainly, you know, to come up and kick that seventy meter free, and like when you consider, you know, Tyrone won the game by a point. Uh, it's a, it's an unbelie. It's an it is an unbelievable kick, but he 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 has that in his locker, and I think when. Uh, the ball always travels a little bit further whenever it's all Ireland semi-finals or finals because you just feel as if you can kick it over the stand, I suppose. And that's the way it looked for me the last day. And even though, uh, as I say, his long kickouts didn't work for him, he didn't really look particularly perturbed by any of it, didn't look rattled. He just was determined to get on with it. So I think the biggest thing for me is that, you know, that if, if Rob Henley is not, a story after this game, I think that would that would be a good thing for Mayo in that he's just doing his his thing. Uh, he's coming up and he's he's kicking his freeze and he's not letting them uh, affect him in any way either. But um, there will be huge pressure on on those long free kicks because, as I say, you know there is. I don't think there's a lot between the, these two teams. Obviously, 
Um, you know, you've seen the semi-finals how close they were. So I think we're talking about something similar. So they are huge moments in any game. But to be able to set the ball down and kick it over from the middle of the field, like scary now. I do think that the free taking is important. Like as 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 much as people talk about Tyrone the last day and their discipline and their tackle and everything, they still conceded nine scorable frees. Now you know, um granted that David Clifford and Sean O'Shea are some of the two best practitioners in free taking, at the same time, you know, that that'll be something that I'm sure Tyrone will have focused on that they that they they don't give Mayo um, sort of that sort of oxygen to to to, to keep the, the scoreboard ticking. At the same time, just on on Niall Morgan and those kickouts, uh, uh, you know, I do think I think there was a bit of um, a plan there that that they weren't going to go short. They had learned from Killarney that three out of those six goals that they conceded in Killarney were off kickouts, and by hook or by crook, they were not given uh, Kerry that opportunity. And I think what they'll be really disappointed is that they didn't win any of the breaks, you know, for a team that were that were so ravenous for 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 that scrappy ball inside their own 45. They didn't they didn't get to the pitch of the breaking ball, which I think again is something that they'll have worked on. But I don't see Mayo pressing Nile Morgan's kick out in the same manner as Kerry did. They'll they'll press, they won't give it to them short, but I don't think that they will uh push up. Um, they're, they're 15 players to, to the 45 yard line and on. Uh, I don't see that that that, that, that happen. Interesting the free 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 taking one about four or five years ago. I did a piece on uh on Tyrone's actual free taking, and they were at about 40 percent. I think they're at over 90 now. So, like, that is in there, that is a massive area. And like, any wonder you know, Tyrone couldn't win also challenging matches because when your conversion rate is like that. Considering the amount of freeze that that they had, uh, you know, and and they've they've definitely come in and they've sorted that out. McCurry's been a big part of that as well. And McCurry has been massive this year. Like, I mean, twenty six points and and fifty percent of them from play. Um, you know, I think he's he's you know he's been on the scene for a while, but he's definitely playing the, the football of his of his intercounty. Yeah, absolutely. To to finish up, Stephen, as you've already predicted that Mayo will win. Ushin. It's actually six weeks since you got a prediction right, and that was when you successfully predicted that Kerry would beat Cork in the Munster final. Who do you think will win next Saturday evening? A bit harsh, considering like six six weeks. Like you're making it sound as if like we've had twenty matches in that time. <laughs> well, if we want to, if we want to hide match. behind that, that's fine. But go on. Um, there's nothing between these two teams, uh, and. As much as much as I've seen a, a hell of a lot of these two teams, and uh, have great time for both of them in the in the way that they've managed to get themselves to an All Ireland final. A, a lot of the actual anal analysis of what has been going on would would lead you to think that, as I say, there's there's a kick of the ball between them. But I just I can't I can't see past Mayo, and I'm sure Mayo fans will will. Uh, Will absolutely hate me for that, but I just can't see. I just can't see past them. I just think there's just been something about them, and and I don't want that to sound sort of airy fairy um, or half arsed But I do think that there's uh, there's there's a more of a calmness about them than I've, than I've seen, and I think uh, they'll have taken something huge from uh, the All Ireland semi final. And in that regard, I'm not sure if if. If Tyrone are able to get to the pitch of it again, because 
there's no obvious cause at this stage apart from winning all Ireland, which will be enough. But uh, throwing like a bit of uh, a bit of edge to the game, um, and maybe the fact that everybody else in the country wants to wants Mayo to win, maybe that'll help them. But I just, as I say, I just don't know if uh, if Tyrone will be able to handle Mayo in the way that they handle Kerry, because when it comes down to it, uh, Mayo have seen most of this stuff before. So, Thank you. so Mayo, Mayo. <laughs> I got that. <laughs> Brian McGuigan, thank you very much for joining us. You've been you've come in just in time to hear Oshin tip Mayo to win Sam next Saturday. How do you feel about that? Yeah, glad with, with his track record in the past few weeks. I'm glad to hear that. But in saying that, I was just thinking like and I hear there was a spot pots belonging on about when you're you're trying to go on the previous weeks to try and tip a game, it's nearly impossible in this year's championship to to predict all you can go on is what's went before and it's just went totally against the grain when, when it comes to the matches but do you think Toronto will win yeah I, I honestly i honestly can't see any way how mayo can win it um i just think that Toronto's form on the babes uh around the county is great and the weird thing you know they go back to 2018 i think everybody supporters was going down to dublin and hope more than anything i think they knew that we're coming up against a, a machine in, in the dublin team whereas this year you can feel it's definitely different coming up to the match where where we re really believe we can win this and the surprising thing about the tone champ at the minute is like usually when you're in the middle of the championship you usually hear stories coming out of a camp how people are going in-house matches and that like with the whole COVID thing like you weren't hearing on what was going on um and people are asking you who has covid who is this and who is that i'll be talking to, to a couple of lads that's in the panel for tomorrow bowl, like and they weren't giving away nothing like there was nothing coming out of the camp at all so i'm sure that's coming from the from the management team and how do you think they'll win it what will be the key thing that will win the game for them well i just believe like, like we're talking about how much experience and hurt hurt that Mayo have after losing finals, but most of the, like looking back on the 2018 final, most of those lads in the town were there, so they've, they've experienced the, the, the hurt too. We have now uh, Marty Donnelly, Peter Hart, and, and those older lads experience as we get to that stage where you know this could be the last chance to win an All Ireland, so there's got to be plenty of drive in, in those boys, and I just feel that. Looking back to the last day, we were going into the Kerry game and everybody was talking about um, how Kerry had a, a strong panel, how they had a stronger panel at Throne. I know we're working now on hindsight, but looking back on that match, like it's, you know, like the Throne, the Throne panel was was far better than the Kerry panel. Looking at the subs that come on. The only thing is, I, I do think that in the semi-final, up the semi-final, the Mayo subs had a, had a big impact on, on the game too. But I just feel with the likes of Charlie McShane and Dara Kahneman coming on, they give you that new lease of life at that stage where, where, where you really, really need it. How would you compare this Tyrone team with your Tyrone team? Um, it's, 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 very, it's very hard to do. I think, you know, it, it's unfair on, on those players there. You, you had it in 2018 comparing it to, to our, our throne team, but it's up to those lads now to, to, to make history for themselves. And I think we're fed up. We're fed up with talking to the team of the 2000s. 
Now, now we're talking about this team. They've, they've excited us after their semi-final performance. And I just feel that, you know, looking, looking previous to this year, I would have backed Mickey Hart. And I would have said that, you know, Mickey Hart's playing to the system that, that suits the players that he has at his, at his disposal. Um, and if you had told me going out against Kerry, we would have went man for man at the back. To, to match play, I would have said we had no chance. Um, but they really manned up. They really manned up the last day of the defence. And I have to say, I didn't think they had it in them, but they, they really showed the tone people what, what kind of football they were play. And as I, said, as, as I said to you there, I would have said that Mickey Hart was, was playing the system that was required with the players at his disposal. But now I've seen a change in my mind. Fair play to Brian Deher and Fergal Ogan have come in and they've put faith in the players and they're starting to play a bit of, a bit of football now. So I just hope it continues. Who's in charge? Um, I do think it is, it is a joint effort. And again, when when the Throne uh, management team was put in place um, at the start of the year, I would have had my doubts on it because... You had Brian Duhur, Fergal Logan, Collie Holmes, Peter Donnelly, and Joe McCollum. They're all they're all big characters in the change room. But sometimes sometimes that doesn't work. The thing that worked for us at that time was Mickey Hart had two or three men around him. But then the day Mickey Hart had the final say on, on what was happening, what team was picked, what we were playing. He was the boss. Whereas coming into this year, I was thinking, you're gonna have too many big characters there. Who's gonna be gonna be actually a boss? But they seem to have stumbled across some sort of chemistry where where it seems to be working from, and definitely the players have a new freshness about them with it, with the way it's set up at the moment. Were you surprised Peter Canavan wasn't in that management team? No, well, I, I didn't think Peter would have been there. I definitely didn't think Peter would have been there because Dara was there. Uh, I think he's he was going to be fair to Dara, but although he was there and with under with under twenty ones year, the one that they all earned. You can be sure you can be sure over the past seven eight weeks that Peter Cannon has had some sort of input w- with the management. They're definitely having having a word in his ear, um, because looking back on another under twenty ones that time, you know Fergal and Brian would have been the figureheads of that team, but definitely Peter had a big influence on, on that under twenty one team, and I have no doubt that uh, Peter's maybe paid an odd visit. I know he has been up with the free takers, and I hear just talking. Um, the forty percent conversion rate that I had a few years ago. Now you can see there's definitely a, a big difference in that, and I think Peter's had a big input in it. Stephen, how does it work now with your former manager of an intercounty team, and you're in in with Donegal? You're not the manager. How does the say work out between between things like that? And how do you imagine it works out in Tyrone? Would you be comfortable as a, in a joint management scenario? I think, you know, I think um, Brian used the word there, chemistry. It, it is around um, respecting everybody's uh, opinions and, and making sure that you're all aligned and, and working together. Um, I think in fairness, um, what you saw on the pitch with Tyrone as regards them all being in it together uh, is obviously something that, they're, that, that, that the players are seeing within the management as well. Um, I do, look, uh, I know when... When I went to Donegal um, as 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 coach, having been a, as a manager, actually, it's lessons I probably learned from from a club made of of Oshins in 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 Tony McEntee, uh, whereby 
you know, I remember like, Tony be pushing you and he'd be, you know, challenge you uh, as, as he does. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, you understand that your role uh, within the management is to back the manager. Like the manager has to have the say. So um, I think probably, you know, what Brian alludes to there, you know, they have a five-man management team. Does everyone have a 20% call? Maybe they do, maybe they don't. But, you know, a lot of times it may, you know, there, there may be just one or two decisions that, that sort of require a little bit of a, a, a thinking um, and a little bit of a stepping back and, and, and thinking what needs to be done. But ultimately, you know, you've got to back the manager. That's, that's the role of, of, of the, the management team to do as well. Um, you know, they're the ones that have to go out and face the music, face the players. So um, I think it's just, just, you know, making sure that you've got enough people uh, aligned and of the same thought process. And obviously, Brian Dewar and Fergie Logan having been together at under 21 will have ironed out a lot of maybe what, what their, their thoughts are. So by the time they came to senior, I don't know whether there'd be too many crinks in, in, in their thought process. When Tyrone, when Tyrone go down to Dublin, before big games it's it's always the evening before brian is that right before this before this match yeah well and our time it always would have been um uh, mickey Horvath meticulous and everything he done so we would have been down the previous weekend to run through the exact same what we're going to do the following weekend so it always would have been the the saturday the saturday morning we would have been down before the sunday so um yeah there's probably better to get out of the road um of the whole of the whole uh, build up to it, and uh, we always like you down the Saturday morning. So I'm, I'm sure these boys will be no different. I know the last day they stayed in Dunboyne Castle in Meath, so I'm not sure what the plans are this week. But well, I think a short build up will definitely definitely help help those players because, in fairness, there is a lot of hype around here because from 2008 we really were one one, and there's a lot of young people, young children about here. You, you, you go to matches now, and maybe their father said to you, the, the likes of me, Brian McGuigan, and they don't even know you. You know, the young ones don't even know you now. So there's a new generation coming, and they haven't experienced the whole build up and, and, and winning Sam McGuire. So uh, there's a lot of hype about you. So maybe it's better for the players to get away good and early. And, and, and are, is the general sentiment in Tyrone similar to yours in the sense that they, they, they see a Tyrone victory and can't really see anything other than a Tyrone victory? Yeah, well, that, that seems to be, I, I think. Uh, it is massive. It was a massive boost for, for the whole, for everybody when when Dublin get beat. Um, it's give them a bit of hope, and that, that Dublin weren't as, as good this year as they were in previous years. And uh, no, I, I think you know the players. The, the players I have been talking a few a few in this week, and they seem very relaxed. And you you asked me a question during the week about the build up and and Tyrone leading up the matches, and I'm sure Ocean can talk about this, but. And in the 2003 final, like we never felt as relaxed going into a final as we did in 2003. And the perception we would have had of that Armagh team, uh, and again, I could be totally wrong, but we thought that maybe the Armagh town was a wee bit more uptight leading up in that game. <laughs> and and sometimes, that, sometimes, sometimes that can be a bad thing. I, I remember the story um, where we were talking about the Irish News All-Star Awards that night and, and the Throne players were there good and early and I think he was returning that night, Oshin, and he's come in and then he's left straight away whereas the, the Throne players stayed and, ming and mingled with everybody else and that's something that Mickey would have, would have said to us, like, we, we embraced the media because we wanted the people to see our, our character our character and that and we would have had 
Adrian Logan and Candice Watt to say to the media and all that time. And we went in that day. If you look before the 2003 final, we, we definitely looked re- relaxed. Whereas in the team huddle before the, the final that day, Armagh did look very uptight. But I don't know why uh, Oshin could tell me a different story in that. But and you'd, a, you'd actually be that was down. Just character. <laughs> say that again, Oshin. That was just our character. We were a tight bunch of fuckers, anyway. But it would have been like we were, and, and fairness, we were going for our first or first one, whereas Oshin News were, were going for two in a row. And it's hard to know who the more pressure was getting into that match. Yeah, but it was Tyrone. And I think that sort of even I know it was not Aaron final, and that definitely obviously added to the occasion. It was first all us the final. And uh, like if you remember that time, it was front page, it was back page uh, news. And I remember the, the, the what do you call it? The Irish news were running the thing who had the best looking players and to put two players up against each other. Um, and like it was. Can't it my was name in that one, what? I can't name my name in that no, one. No, you weren't in that one, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, but it was, it was, it, it felt, I, I always describe 2003 as fairly claustrophobic. Um, and it was very difficult to get away from us. And even when you went to, to Dublin, like, you know, on the Saturday, like, you know, you'd act, you've put in three weeks of, you know, just in the, I felt what was insane pressure, uh, you know, you, you add in the ticket situation and all that. Like it was the whole thing was, was mental. And maybe we hadn't managed it in the way that we, we, we should have. We didn't probably have the same. Uh, we maybe let things drift a little bit as opposed to the year before because maybe we were trying to you know be more relaxed and maybe the fact that we were putting an effort into being more relaxed we ended up more uptight you know brian but, uh, you, you had actually gone to that 2002 final to shout for Armagh, is that right <laughs> well i, I may mean, actually been behind behind the goals and canal and watching Armagh, and i like i wouldn't have had the same rivalry with Armagh as say the the moy lads Whereas down here, it's it's all Derry. Like where, where I'm from, it's uh, my biggest rivalry is Derry. And I actually went to that Armagh match um, hoping Armagh would win, believe it or not. Um, I don't know whether I was right or I was wrong. But they definitely give us... And, and I mean going to a GPA do after it. Um, a few of us young lads, me and Muggsy and, and Kevin Cuse, and that went to the GPA do after that there that year. And all our, most of Armagh players were there. And looking on the envy at, at, at the success they had at that time, and it probably did drive us on um, to success at that time. But uh, you know, going in that two thousand three thing, like I, I, it's it's all really a blur to me. I I, I took I, I I took sick on the Friday before 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 the match, and like I woke up on Saturday Saturday morning, and it just my energy levels were 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 nothing like and. Mickey Hart, we, we landed down the hotel and um, Mickey Hart had said to me, look, well, the team meetings and all were on and we're going for, for something to eat. eat. And Mickey Hart told me to go to bed just to the Sunday morning and, and see what way you were on Sunday morning. And I, I think it was partly to do with nerves too, but I got up Sunday morning, still wasn't feeling great. And then I got a wee, I got a wee uh, injection that morning to give me a bit of a boost and uh, it, 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 got me, it got me through the match all right. But then after the match, we were at the banquet that night and it's just like a, hitting a hitting a hitting a wall, hitting a brick wall. I, I I went to bed early that night. It wasn't a noma the next day for for the home giving because it just was drained, totally drained. And couldn't do it. And can I ask you, 
2005, two brilliant matches, and you, you played superbly in, in in those games. 2000 before the 2008 final, you had a couple of years of horrific injuries. You came back in, you got back in the team for 2008. And I have to ask you this about the run-up to the 2008 final because Martin Penrose started in front of you in 2008. When did you, yeah. when did you know that was happening? Uh, I, we played... No, we went to training on the... We usually met up on the Thursday night and Mickey, Mickey would have had... Um, would have pulled... Or would have named the team on the Thursday night. But before training started that night, he pulled me and Kieran Gorley aside. And I... I luckily the, I, I broke my leg in two thousand and six and the hurt the eye in two thousand and seven. I lost my peripheral vision on my left eye, so I kind of like for the way I played, I kind of depended on my vision. So I I knew myself that I was never going to be the same player again. So I accepted that the fact that I was even back playing on on the own setup and, and I was gearing up for an All Ireland final was was bonus territory for me. Like so. Uh, we met, uh, and I haven't. I played okay that year in the games that I started, but I definitely wasn't. It wasn't the same player. Leading up in the into the the O8 final, then there was talk going going around that, that Marty Pendles might be starting, but Mickey pulled me and Kieran Gordy aside, and before training, he says, "Look, I'm going to name two years in the in the in the team." He says, "But we have a plan that we're going to play." Joe McMahon was playing number twelve. And he says we're going to pull him back the, the full back for the mark of twin twin towers, but we don't want anybody to know. Um, so he pulled us aside and he said, "Won't start." And he says, "I want you to do one thing." He says, "Do not tell the center that you're not starting." So uh, we went out to train, and I travelled home with my brother. I come home, and my wife it was the house. Never told anybody. Um, you told absolutely came, nobody. You told nobody at all. Nobody. No, because they knew if I had to get out, then our plan would have been. Would have, got, would have got out too. So, uh, Mickey did promise me. He says, "Look, he says you're. De- I'm, I'm definitely going to need you, possibly for the last 15, 20 minutes." And uh, and, that, and that was right. Just about, a, about two hours before the game, I texted my family to say I wasn't starting, and Ward was starting to fill the bread that I wasn't starting. And look, I accepted it. And and through to Mickey's word, uh, it panned out exactly the way he said it would. Well, 15, 20 minutes to come on, and, and maybe slow the game down a bit. And, uh, but as I say, from the previous year, when that final whistle went, I never thought I would get back there. But it was—it was just—it was good. It was great. Stephen, what, what's it like to tell somebody they're not starting an All Ireland final? Well, I think you know, from from a coaching and a, and a management point of view, it's the it's the hardest part of the of the gig. You know, telling guys that they're, you know, that they're not going to be in the twenty six. You know that 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 can be it's. Um, it's not you're not going to be in the team. Um, it's probably the most distracting thing of the week of any championship game. Uh, definitely more difficult, obviously, not Ireland final. It's what it's what I, all, all the players um, you know aspire to at the start of the year. Uh, it certainly gives you ambition. But you know, it, at any time, you know, team selection. You know, or my own view on it was that I remember 2017. We didn't start Paddy Durkin in the two Kerry games. I remember telling Paddy, you know, saying saying to him, if we get to the final, I I, I said, I know you're going to be back in the team. You know, but, but there was a plan and there was a, a view on sometimes, sometimes that plan was, for, for us, I remember in 2017, we were we were waiting. We, Stephen O'Brien kept coming on for Kerry at the start of the second half in all the championship games and he was scoring like two or three points or a goal 1-1. So we need, we wanted a plan to be able to counteract that. 
lo and behold, Stephen O'Brien starts both them bloody semi-finals. But so, 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 Paddy's there thinking you're, you're, you're telling me one. But at the same time, you know, selection is only ever somebody's, or you know, it's a, it's a moment in time. Um, you just try and be really honest with the players. How do you tell them? How do you tell them? Like for me, it was it, it was always the Thursday morning. We we we'd be then training. Uh, probably had our last session because we'd be traveling a lot to to, to Dublin. That uh, you'd be having those conversations with them, um, either over the phone or you'd try and go and meet them, depending on which was the more it was a more difficult you know chat to have. Um, but typically, uh, you're just trying. You, for for me, it was just being honest, just to saying this is this is the reason behind it. Um, but but no more than what Mickey was saying to Brian there, those guys typically had a role to play, uh, and just being just being clear and honest with them. But it was uh, yeah, it's that was most certainly the hardest part of of, of the the manager's job. Thank you very much for your time today, Stephen. I know you have to you have to head away, so and hopefully we'll talk to you uh, again soon, Brian. I want to ask you: Is there is there a real edge between Tyrone and Mayo? Um, I don't think now, compared to maybe the, the edge that, that there would have been with Tyrone and Kerry, I don't think it, it's there. But certainly both teams will have to bring an edge to them if they want to if they want to succeed on, on Saturday. Um, and I do think that both teams have it in them. I think there's there's a wicked, a wicked streak in, in both those teams. Um, what do you mean by that? Well, no, I don't. I don't mean that in the bad way, but um, definitely when it's come to the crunch, the, the last day you can see there, there's a different attitude in, in the Mayo players. Definitely in the last ten minutes, and even even in the Connacht final against Galway, the, the second half performance of Brown was unreal. But I, I think the the edginess comes into the throne defence this year. You're starting to see a bit of edginess that the likes of our team team would have had would have had there. They're maybe they're maybe giving a bit of afters after after the, the ball is played away or, or whatever. And sometimes that's, that's a, I think that's a good thing in, in a team. And uh, sometimes you can frustrate forwards when when that happens. So I, I know most of these lads from playing club football with them. Like like they're they're all good players and and they have in them to win this week. And as I said before, I can't see how how that Mayo team will. Will overcome overcome thrown on Saturday. Like I just do you think they'll struggle to think, score? Is it is it that just think you struggle to see Mayo scoring against them? Well, yes. Uh, well, you know, look, looking back on the Dublin game, um, I think after sixty two minutes, Dublin were still winning that game by by four or five points, and you could see no other no other way how Mayo was Mayo was going to win that game. I also think that if thrown get themselves in a winning situation. That they will see out the game. Um, something that, that that in big games we we haven't been doing uh, this past few years. If you look at the the Kerry game in extra time, and all credit to Kerry, the the game looked dead and buried. Went buried when, when Thrun went five points in front in extra time. With six with six minutes plus another minute additional time in extra time, Kerry had got it back down to a point from from five points down, and looked as if Kerry were going to get over the line. But Troon, when they got the ball, they held on to the ball, held on to the ball well, and defended, defended And that's something that from the last two or three minutes, where you're up by a point, and you have to keep the ball. All those Troon players are very comfortable on the ball. So, Oshin, that's kind of the complete opposite of how you see it, and <laughs> it's, but it's a persuasive case he makes. No, it is. Uh, the only thing you know, the the last day, like Troon, like 
they didn't they didn't mind the ball as well as what you maybe thought they did. I mean, they give the ball away twenty seven times, um, which wouldn't really be uh, Tyrone like. Uh, and I feel as if uh, Mayo will bring an extra physicality, an extra edge. Brain's talking about the edge that Tyrone have. Mayo have an edge as well, um, especially defensively. Um, you know, when we talked about in the lead up to the Kerry game, we said there wasn't enough um, rugged defenders, maybe is the best way to put it. Um, and that proved to be the case. Uh, Mayo have them in abundance. Uh, they have Keegan, they have O'Hara, they have uh, Mullen. Um, they okay. have Co- Cohen who can do a job, you know, Dorkin as well. So um, it, it just means that I, I think a lot of it will be based on, you know, uh, who makes the better decisions just in that final third um, because there is going to be a lot of um, uh, patience required as in the build-up play to break down both defences uh, like you would look at a one side and you think well Mayo's going to find it very difficult to break down that uh, that thrown defence the amount of bodies you get back uh, I think it's, it's quite similar at the top end of the field I think you know Mayo have certainly look better in defence this year. You look at the way they played second half against Dublin, what they concede, two points in 40, 50, 60 minutes. Um, so uh, that, that's, I suppose that's the only thing I'd say is that uh, Brian's argument is, is is definitely concrete, but on the flip side of that, like Mayo just aren't going to let them, you know, play the football that they played the last day. And remember, they still only beat Kerry by a point. And I think that, the thing about uh, about Mayo is that different players have, ste- have stepped up all year. I think they can get a lot from the middle of the field. I think both Loftus and Rowan can cause a lot of problems. I think Oshie Mullen coming back in will cause problems. Paddy Dorkin, uh, O'Connor, who probably hasn't uh, you know, had the year that he's had in the past. He's still working hard. And it comes down to then O'Donoghue and, and, and Conroy. I think on the opposite end of the field, the best argument I can I can give uh, for Tyrone is I think McCurry is is playing out of skin. Um, I think that he won't be happy with the with the last day, even though he had a serious impact on the game. Uh, but it was fits and starts. Otherwise, he was quite one mark. So I, I do think that um, I do, I do think as I said, like there's 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 damn all be- there's damn all between the teams. Um, Energy, you know, who brings the most energy will have a will have a serious part to play in it. And if 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 uh, if both teams bring the intensity, I mean, like we we're talking about records as far as uh, turning the ball over. The ball was turned over seventy two times the last day, seventy the game before. We could be we could be heading for uh, the hundreds with these two teams because uh, a lot of the game is built around that. It's more enjoyable though, isn't it? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, the last like take the last two games that we've had over over what we've had in the past. I mean, you know, like that's there's, there's, it's a no brainer. Yeah, I, I agree that his argument on uh, like if you look at the Mayo defense compared to the Kerry defense, like it's it's head and shoulders above, above the Kerry defense. And I actually thought that the Kerry defense done decent on the on the throne forwards. Looking at uh, looking at McCurry. Um, yes, yeah, so she said he'd done a job, but he was still quiet. Tom O'Sullivan thought got, got the better of him definitely early, earlier on. McKenna was quiet enough, bar the two goals, so he still com- contributed. But then you then you look and, and like Tom O'Sullivan or, or, or sorry, the Mayo men 
Keegan and uh, O'Hara and Mullen, they're doing a good job. Maybe Dara Canavan and, and Cahill McShane coming on. So my, my only worry for Tyrone would maybe be in midfield where uh, I think Ruan and if it's Damon O'Connor are very mobile and, and they can hurt 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 you go, going forward. Candy and Kilpatrick are just looking to try and get us a stranglehold in the middle of the field. And I, I went away the last day after the last day at the match thinking that the they weren't they weren't overly impressive. But looking back and watching it again, they still they still are Kilpatrick went through a lot of work yeah. and Candy caught a couple of, couple of big kickouts, which were at the vital stage. But I think the most interesting thing might be you could have a Laura, Laura Corbett situation in, in the Horn that time where you could have Mailer and Kieran McGeary who are seen who be, could be given jobs of marking Mayo players because they're good man markers. And then you have Mayo who are thinking we have to man mark McGeary and Mailer. So you could have a two man chasing a Mayo man, a Mayo man chasing, chasing a two man because McGee, really McGeary and Mailer uh, are, are so important the way this strong team play, play. It's interesting though, finals are different. You can be having a great year and then it just it unpeels in the final. And, and the, uh, the the key person comes out of left field, and that is yeah, well, somebody out of left field could even be Aidan O'Shea, who hasn't, you know, people's questioning whether Aidan O'Shea should be starting or not. But I think it's uh, Aidan O'Shea has to start because um, it's what Aidan O'Shea get, gives to you when he goes back. I think whenever the tide's going against Mayo, Aidan, Aidan O'Shea can put in a big hit. He can do do a good tackle. So. He is he is a big personality for that team, and I think he has to, he has to be starting. Yes, and that's where we're going to leave it with with a huge match to look forward to next weekend. Brian, thank you very very much for join, joining us uh, today. Thank you to Larry Ryan for running the podcast, to Raf Rocket, to Tony Lean, to Reno, to everyone at Examiner Sport. Huge thanks to Washington, as I say, to Brian and and also to Stephen Rochford. We'll be back soon. Thanks, Paul. With Renault, passion for what drives you. Official car partner of the GAA. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.